Hi, welcome to On The Daily Season 2, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary. I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. Y'all, I don't know if you heard the episode we did um, all about human design with my friend, Christina. After that, I was so inspired and I was just in true generator fashion, very ready to become a human design reader so that I could help more people learn their human design. And so I did it and I am now officially a human design reader and I would love, love, love to read your chart I have a link that you can click on and go book a reading with me. And for On The Daily listeners, I have a discount. So if you go to the link in our show notes, either on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts rather, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts and you click the link in the show notes, that will bring you to the discount that I am offering On The Daily listeners. It's a two-hour session and we will just dive so deep into your chart and really help you to kind of understand what your human design is and how you can apply that towards different areas of your life. I'm so excited. I can't wait to to read with you. Uh, Go and click that link and let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the On The Daily podcast. This is your host, Danielle. I am pumped for this episode. This is with a man named Finian Kelly, who is all about intentionality. He's the intentionality coach, and he coaches everything from money to relationships to uh, leadership to personal development, anything you can imagine. He does it with this idea of intentionality in mind. And this episode is so amazing. And we talk about so many different things, so many different topics, relationships with money. We talk about the stigmas around like women making money and just the way that this guy like thinks about how to do everything with intention is just so beyond inspiring to me. And I am obsessed and I know you are going to be obsessed too. I hope that you love this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. If this is your first on the daily episode, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. We are well on our way. We have been doing this over a year now. I think this is like our hundred and 10th episode or something close to that. So we're close to, uh, we're over that 100 mark. We're well on our way to 150. And I'm just so pumped that you're here. Uh, If you would love to come and hang out with me on the internet, I am Danielle underscore on the daily on Instagram. I am an entrepreneurship coach. I am a top leader in a network marketing company. I'm a human design reader. I am your number one hype girl. And this podcast is just really all about authentic entrepreneurship. So I'm really excited that you're here and I would love to hear from you. So come and find me. The podcast you can find at On The Daily Pod. And don't forget to subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, which even if you're not, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button to this podcast, and then make sure that you leave us a review, maybe a rating. We love a good five stars and we love to hear what you think. So without further ado, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Finian Kelly. On the Daily Family, welcome back. This is Finney and Kelly. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much, Danielle. I love the energy and I feel like we're going to really connect well. So listen up. <laughs> I agree. I It's so funny. I 
when I first started my podcast, I was so into, I had so many friends in my network that I was like, you have such an amazing story. Like I have to have you on my podcast. The world has to hear your story. And in my mind, I'm like, my podcast is global. And it wasn't, it was like just getting started. And I was just interviewing my friends. And then all of a sudden, like my producer started to say like, oh, we have this person and oh, there's this person. And so now I've gotten to interview people that I actually don't know in real life, but it's always funny. I like, I don't believe that anything's a mistake. And I believe that like you attract what you attract. So I, when my producer was like, you need to interview Finney. And I was like, yes, like, absolutely. I want to interview this guy. And so I'm, I'm equally as excited about it. So mm-hmm. you are all about intentionality, energy with money, like breaking out of those social norms. How did you, how did this become like a thing for you? Have you always been into this? Is this like a new thing? Tell me a little bit about it. So it's all of the above, new and old. So I have lived a very intentional life my whole life. From a, from a young age, I had to and this was my story, I had to really see that my situation and my upbringing wasn't conducive to what I wanted in in my life. And so I I had to start creating situations to be able to give me what I needed. So I was very intentional, always about going, all right, this is what I want, then how do I go get there? And that's really a, a key part of intentionality. But over the years, as I had traditional success, I was an army officer first, then I was an entrepreneur, built a number of companies, sold them, uh, got married, moved to a mansion, all these, the typical story. I suddenly realized after a, a few sort of setbacks, which invo- involved a divorce and a, a business failure, that I had been living with intentionality. However, it had been operating from a fear-based foundational level. Uh, it wasn't from a loved base. It was out of lack, lack, scarcity, not feeling worthy, feeling like I'm going to be abandoned. And it worked for me in the traditional sense. However, it was never going to fulfill me because fear can never fulfill you. Only love can really fulfill you. And that's where my big transition over the last five years has been to go, well, how do I operate from a place of love in all areas of my life and, and not eradicate fear, but just be very aware of fear and and make sure that I'm making decisions from, from that loving place. And then the intentionality has really come in vogue over the last year when I look back at all the testimonials of people I've worked with over the years and when I've spoken, and they all just kept referring to me as the intentionality guy. And when you, as you know, you've got great people in your life, you read enough things saying the same thing and you realize, why don't I do that? Like, why don't I just own that word? And, and I do now I own, I actually own the word. I have it trademarked. I have the domain and it's, it's my life's work now. And I'll be known for one word, which I can tell you for marketing, messaging, cutting through is incredibly powerful. And, and the biggest thing is I just feel whole for the first time. I'm not separate. I'm not having to do play different roles. I get to show up in whatever situation I am, whether it's an important business meeting, whether it's speaking to a thousand people, whether it's partying on the weekend, it's just Finn, the intentionality guy. And I intentionally can do all of it, which is really wonderful. And that makes me feel a lot more peaceful and have a lot more joy. Finn, the intentionality guy. I love that. <laughs> that's like quite the, the I, that's quite the thing. I actually, that really resonates with me because you're right. Like the more you hear something, I, I believe that's like the universe, God, whoever it is you pray, pray to, right? Like 
that's that's the universe knocking saying like this is your this is what makes you sparkle and this is what you need to really lean into so recently like I everyone everyone for so long people were like Danielle you're like everyone's number one hype girl like you are the hype girl for everyone and so now like on my Instagram on my website it literally says like Danielle you're number one hype girl and it does like when you align with like what the universe has been trying to hand you in an intentional way it really does like whole is the word like fulfilled really is the word for that. Like you're so that you just said that and it just like, it struck me because it's so yeah, true. And you have to, you have to be willing to actually take what the universe is offering you as well. So I'll give you an example. Here I am the intentionality guy and I'm like, all right, I could, could own that. And then I looked at the domain name and it's obviously intentionality.com was already gone. So I was like, all right, maybe not. And then I sat there for a while and I went, why don't I just reach out to the company who has it? Because it was getting redirected. And I reached out to them and I got a response the next day by the CEO. And he's like, well, no, actually a person who works for the company. And he said, it's funny you just asked. We bought this for a project three years ago and we've just decided it's not going ahead. So we would be open to selling it to you. And so here it was something which I thought was impossible handed to me. Then the price was there and I nearly balked at it. I nearly pulled away from doing it. And luckily my partner said, like, what are you doing? That's crazy. You've just been handed something on a platter. Like there's no price that you can pay for this. Like this is about staking a claim on you. It wasn't actually about the price of what I was paying them. It was an investment in me, my belief that I was willing to put my my stake in and say, I am going to own intentionality. So I bought it. And then this is just an example of the universe helping you when you actually take what it hands to you, suddenly they go, oh, would you like the trademark as well? We have that trademarked. And that was something which I wasn't even thought was possible. And I've just seen that in life now. You've The universe is always handing things to you, but you've got to be in a state to be able to receive it. And part of that is to know what you really want. And unfortunately, a lot of people are walking around having no idea what they really want in life. Yeah. Preach on that. Do you, um, are you into human design? I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a uh, manifesting, what is it? Abundant manifester or manifesting generator? generator? Yeah. Manifesting generator. I was going to ask you if you were an MG. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's so, but like, it's so true. People just, I think, I think, well, and I think too, when the world is in a state of fear, because you're in Australia, right? Uh, I am Australian, but I'm actually in America right now. You are in America right now. Okay. So, so, you know, so America specifically is, there is this like overwhelming sense of fear and lack and scarcity that's like obviously plagued the globe essentially for the last couple of years. And obviously like outside things and outside circumstances, we can't always predict those. But I think what you kind of nailed and like kind of touched on was it's about like the intention that you set with yourself Mm-hmm. That is going to get you all of those things that you're manifesting, you're asking for the unit, like, you know, that maybe, maybe you've thought about and uh, like, I used to be the kind of person where I would think like, oh, that'd be nice to have, but I wouldn't ever declare it. I wouldn't ever like put a, a claim on it, like a stake on it and say like, no, 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 that is, that is mine. Like I'm going, I'm going for that. That is what I'm like, that it's going to happen for me. And what I realized was if you're not clear right? If you're not, if you're not clear, the universe isn't going to give you what you want. And then sometimes, like you said, the universe is listening always. And a friend of mine once told me that when it's a God shot, it doesn't miss. Mm -hmm. And that I've always kept in my mind. So if something is knocking at your door, 
right? Like you have to at least open it and see what's there because there's a reason it's coming to you over and over and over and over again, right? Yeah. Like there's like, it's your choice to respond to it. Yeah. And the one thing we do know that you can predict is if you are thinking lack, scarcity, fear, then you're going to have that. Like that's the one thing you can predict. You're going to have exactly what it is that you're thinking. So this whole idea of manifestation and prayer is approached so wrongly by a lot of people. They're doing it when they when they need something, when they want something, but they don't actually feel like they have it. So the key, like there's a great quote, which is, I'll, I'll bastardize it, but something about the, the true language of God is silence. And it's the idea that the only really way to connect is through silence and to be in a place of just receiving and a place of giving rather than feeling like I need something and I want something. Cause that's just reminding you that you, you don't have what you want you and that it. you don't believe in the abundance of the universe. Yeah. That I, I, I do this. Um, I'm doing this course right now on like manifest manifestation essentially. And one of the things that is said constantly is when you're talking about your wants and your desires, try to avoid the word. I want this. I mm -hmm. want to make a million dollars this year. I want a seven figure business. I like, because when you're saying I want, or I will have all you're saying to the universe is I don't already have that. And then typically the intention behind that is that it's something that you're not yet worthy of. So you're, you're, that's what the universe is hearing where, you know, instead like switch the way you're talking about it of like, I am so excited to be, you know, on the path to a million dollar business because then it's, it's active, it's intentional. And I love this already. Yeah. Um, yeah because everything that is in life is already here. It's just in unmanifested form right now. Yeah. So it's your idea, your connection is to realize that it's here already. You've just got to get into vibrational frequency in alignment with it. And you just have that's, to get it. that's the real difference. And this is why it's so important to focus on the feelings rather than the outcome and say, like, I feel prosperous. I feel wealthy. And then start getting connected before you actually start drawing anything else in. Start feeling those feelings that you want to be feeling. Because I can guarantee if you want more love, there is some areas that you have love already in your life. So get really connected to those feelings. Even if it's just the way your dog looks at you, you don't have any other relationships, like connect to that feeling of love and you feel it. And now you're in an open state. Then you can start calling in the greater, the greater things that you want to bring in. Yeah. Let's, I would love to like talk about this in terms of financial and like, fi mm -hmm. like unwealth and growing wealth, because this is something I think a lot of people struggle. Like so many people are so good. They are, they think they're so good at manifesting their life, but then money and wealth and like becoming financially successful is something they avoid. Like a lot of people don't want to talk about it or feel like they can't, or if they do talk about wanting to be financially wealthy or have generational wealth, all of a sudden they're being selfish and they don't want to be selfish. And there's so many blurred lines there. So I would love to hear your take on how this all applies to like wealth? Yeah. Great question. So everyone has a money story. Some is working for people. Some are not, and the majority of them not. And the, the money story is a combination of your, your beliefs around money, which basically have been programmed from a young age. And then also your experiences with money over your timeline. So I call it the family of origin and your money timeline. And it's really important to go back and do a reflective exercise and, and look at 
all right, what influences did I have with money? What were the sayings? What were common sayings? People saying things like money is filthy or money is evil. And what do you think you're going to have a relationship with money? You're going to think the same things. Or if money doesn't grow on trees, you're going to start thinking that money's hard to come by. So you always have to work so much harder to get money. Where other people who just have a very abundance belief with money, they don't think they have to work hard. It's like, oh, money's easy. Money's just energy. We can create that. So going back through and having a really great self-analysis on, on this. And I, I actually have a something I can share in, the sh- in your show notes for this as well, which will really help. But it's basically a, a money story timeline. And then going through and then looking around it and going, okay, through all of this social conditioning, through my school system, through my parents, through my religious organizations, what are my beliefs around money? And what thoughts do I regularly have around money because of those beliefs? And then what behaviors do I take because of those thoughts? And then how do I feel in relation to money? Now, I don't really care what your belief structure is. All I care about is it working for you. And the way to tell that is how you feel. Your feelings are your, it's almost like your your truth. It's whatever you feel, if you feel confident, peace, grateful, love, connection, freedom, then you've probably got some really good money belief structures going on. But if you feel scarcity, lack, insecure, not worthy, constrained, then there's that's an indication that something's going wrong in the loop. So what you start doing is you go back through and you go, well, okay, what was the behavior that led to this feeling? Well, the behavior was I, I, after work, I was walking home and I bought a too high a priced item of clothing. Okay. So what were the thoughts that you led to, to you actually doing that? Well, the thoughts were, I've had such a hard day. I deserve to have this. I need something to make me feel better. Okay. And then what's a core belief that you might have there? And it can be that like money could buy happiness or that um, I'm not enough. And you look through and you go, well, is that working for me? No. So how is it you want to feel? You want to feel, you want to feel proud. You want to feel free. You want to feel open. Well, what's the behaviors that would lead to that? So that's, that's really the first process is just uncovering and being really honest with yourself. Cause you might think you're a very abundant person and you might not be. So the, the head, you might want to be, but actually because you're conditioning, you're running off another program or you might believe that you're a really worthy person or that you're lovable and you actually get down to the core. You're like, oh, no, I'm not. And that was the big thing for me. I, I was a very abundant, positive person, but at the depth of my core, if I peeled back all the layers, it was basically my fear was I'm going to be abandoned and I, I have to take care of myself. That was the fundamental thing. So that set off a chain of events, which we're never going to fulfill me because uh, you always recreate back a life back to your core belief eventually. Yes. I, I have a, a very similar story with that. When I, oh gosh, you just like, you just really nailed it into me when you were like, I thought I was this. So I grew up and this is all work that I'm currently doing. And I'm, I mean, this is the other thing too, is people think that like wealthy people are healed. And I feel like Wealth can come before you're healed and the healing never stops essentially. So, and I didn't, I didn't think that 
before I got into it. And now I'm like, oh, this is like, we're going deep here. <laughs> like we're going, it's going to go on for a while. But I, so I grew up, my dad, very wealthy, very wealthy, like very successful businessman. He was a CFO of very like, like Disney, like huge companies. Right. So I never, I never, I never didn't have money. Like there was always money. If I needed it, I had to get a job. I had to work. I wasn't just like given a brand new car. Like I had to earn things. He made sure that I did that. And I never lacked money. So I never felt that like that scarcity around it. So my whole life I've been like, oh, I I have an abundance with money. Like I feel very abundant with money. And then I become an adult and I, you know, run into trouble. And I'm always like, I know that my dad is there and he'll always bail me out. He'll always give me money if I need it. So there's these like little traumas happening throughout my life that are like building up and building up and building up. So then what happens is I, I start a business. I'm very successful very quickly. I make a lot of money. I spend most of it very quickly. And in my mind, I'm like, no, it's okay. I have it. Like money is free flowing. I don't like, it doesn't matter. La, 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 la. And now as I'm like learning through healing this, like the relationship in my money story is that, no, you always, you always ask, you always had to have your dad bail you out because you never respected money because it was always coming to you. And so now you're spending money like you own the world because you're trying to prove that you have money now and you don't need to borrow it from anyone else. You can do it yourself. And that's its own trauma that needs to heal. And so it's just so crazy because on the outside, and when I looked at it at first, it was like, no, I have a great relationship with money. Like I always had money. Like people think that like people with money trauma come from like poor backgrounds or like unwealthy backgrounds. And like, that's not always the case at all. (laughs) You just gave your audience an absolute gift. What you just described is something which we've created. We call them the financially happy saboteurs. And these are 12 saboteurs Think of it as a personality test almost related to money. And they are traumas. They We create a saboteur from a trauma in our life, which then becomes starts being a driving force in, in how we make decisions. And you actually mentioned three very clear. So one is the dependent. The dependent relies on others because they can't, they don't believe they can provide for themselves. There's also the child needs someone else to look after difficult things for them. And then what was really interesting, and I just loved your self-awareness of this is that you turned into the compensator because of your upbringing of these other other saboteurs and then you started using money to make up for what they believe they lack inside and it's not that these are bad it's just that these are just going to stop you from living a really whole free abundant life and you're you're so right why are so many entrepreneurs entrepreneurs like, let's face it, why do some of the people we worship in life, why are they so wealthy? It's because they've got a lot of trauma inside of them and they're all trying to prove something and they're being compensators and, and they're going through this process. And what happens is they get all of this wealth and they think it's going to fill this hole, but actually the hole just gets bigger because they, now they have no excuse. They used to be able to say, well, money will make this better. Now they have everything there and I still feel so empty. So you can definitely get the wealth before you're healed. And I'd actually say a lot of people do get the wealth before they're healed. And then what often what happens is 
the self-sabotaging behaviors come out and they end up losing their wealth. And this is why you see so many of the, 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 the quintessential story, which I've done as well, build all the riches, then collapsed and then recovered and went back. And the idea is, is what, why can't you do it at the same time? Like heal your money wounds at the same time as growing wealth as well. That's when you have a really great relationship with money and, and money does get to be amazing. Like money is just energy. And it's our vibrational connection with it, which determines whether it's good or whether it's bad for us. Money is like blood. It's meant to be flowing within us the whole time. Yeah. When What happens when you get a blood clot? Blood stops moving, you get a blood clot. It starts hurting problems. Very similar with money. When you become a hoarder, so we're building up this wealth and we're just holding it, that's stopping the energetic flow. And this is the problem with a lot of the modern day capitalistics uh, ways. Capitalism was all about money flowing. Money's not flowing in the world a lot of the times now. It's being held and held and held and held. So part of it is actually having this relationship and just seeing it as energy and what you spend is what you value. So always looking at, well, if this is where my money's going, do I truly value this? Because that's your energetic connection with it. And how you interrelate with money, that's a great indication of what wounds you still have within within you. And that's why I say money can be one of the greatest spiritual teachers you have because it it's like, I always think of it with a, when I've had the, like a, a CT scan, they inject radiated, radiation dye in you to see where you've got like breakages in your bones. Yeah. Similar to money, how you interrelate with money will highlight what, what you need to do some personal work on, which is, which I think is a, a beautiful approach in life. Yeah. A friend of mine, um, Jen Kennedy, she said to me, oh, I'm going to butcher the way she said it, but she said money is, she said money is energy. And she goes, but money is just a reflection of who you already are. Mm-hmm. And yep. making more money is not going to solve your problems. It's just going to amplify for you who you already were. Yeah. And that's where the idea that, because a lot of people have negative stories. Oh, that person's wealthy. They're, they're no good. And it's like, no, you're just putting your story on it. You're exactly right. Like I just came away from a person's place in Aspen and it's, he's probably worth half a billion dollars. And I can tell you, he's one of the nicest, sweetest, generous, loving per people I've ever met. And he was the same when he had $1 million to half a billion dollars. It just got better. It actually just amplified all of his greatness because now he can just serve and impact even more. So right. I, it's one of my sayings is money is a magnifier. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. It magnifies. Yeah. And it's like, it's like if I had a knife in my, like if I got a really good knife and I put it in my kitchen, chances are I'm going to go into my kitchen and I'm going to use that knife to cut something like mm -hmm. bread or an apple. I'm not going to use that knife to murder somebody because my intention is not negative. Like I'm a pot, I'm a good person. So I'm going to use that. I like, I, I always try to tell people like money is the same. Like money does not make you good or bad. It's like you were, you are already who you are and what you do with that tool, that energy, that is what is good or bad. And if good and bad is even the words for it, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. how does this apply though? Because I feel like this is a, it, it plagues everybody. This is an everybody problem, but most, I feel like a lot more women I speak to are aware of that trauma than men mm -hmm. are. And maybe this is me just being like general, like gen too generalizing. I feel like women are the ones though, that are always feeling like, oh, I'm not worthy of that. I don't need that. Can you speak to how you how you you coach through those those blockages? 
Oh, yes, I can. And it's important just to acknowledge it to start with. Like, let's let's face the facts of where our society's at. For the last thousand years, we've been a patriarchal society. It's been very masculine focused. Women have been suppressed. The feminine, not even women, the feminine has been suppressed. It's been very controlling. It's being about power. It's about war. It's dominance. It's if, if I give something, then I'm losing. It's not a very abundant way to live. And there's so much trauma associated with money and, and especially in the f- female gender. So first acknowledging and calling it out is, is the most important. And then being aware that you have been programmed from a very, very young age. And it's we're not talking one generation. This is generational wounding. It's getting passed on to passed on, passed on. So even right now, as we're coming into this world where it's a little bit more open and we're starting to feel like, okay, yeah, the, the feminine, where it's more equal opportunity and everything, the programs are still embedded into us and we keep coming up against it. So having that awareness and doing that really great internal reflection and just seeing, ah, oh, like what you did, I am playing this dependent. I had a story that I was abundant and everything, but really I was still playing this dependent role. And how is that going to serve me? And how is that going to, how's that already translating into my relationships or how I show up in work or um, how I interact with my family? There's so many different ways and just start seeing this isn't serving me and then start going, well, what is the story that I want? Because this is the great thing. A story is just a story. You get to create whatever story you want. So what beliefs would you like around money? What thoughts would I then be having? What behaviors would I be then taking? And then how would I feel? And a very, we call it a financially happy person is someone who's abundant. They, they're worthy. They believe in themselves. The thoughts are, wow, there's opportunities everywhere. I'm, I have the right to do this. I am just as valuable as this person. Uh, the behaviors are that they ask for opportunities. They take opportunities. They invest. They back themselves. And the feeling, they feel empowered. They feel free. They feel abundant. They feel grateful. And the more you just start getting connected to that and align yourself to that persona and almost have that like you could actually draw out that persona. And and, um, when you do the financially happy quiz, uh, which I'll send to you, everyone will be able to see this personas and go, well, I'm just going to start behaving and thinking that way. And then I'll start feeling it, which is, which is incredibly important. And just also honoring the part of yourself, which there's a reason why you created those stories. It was a form of protection. And part of that is, is not to shame yourself, just go, Oh, this is where I'm at. I've, I appreciate that part of me that needed to do that, but now I'm willing to release it and let it go, which is super important because so often we can discover things about ourselves and then the ego rises up and we just shame ourselves and we actually regress. We go back even more. So it's so important to have lots of self-compassion, send yourself lots of love and, and work through it. Yeah. I mean, it's like we become so progressive sometime that then we become regressive. Yeah. 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 It's so funny that you said, well, not funny. It's actually, it's so real that you said, because it starts to bleed into everything else you do. Because when I, when I became like an overcompensator, when I finally was making my own wealth and my own money, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I got it. Like, I don't need help anymore. Like I'm Miss Independent. Like, look at me supporting my family. Like I'm taking my family on vacations. I'm buying us a house. I'm doing this. Me, 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 me. And that is such masculine energy, the doer, the go, the strategy, the, uh, uh, uh. and I yeah, realized not, like, I'm not asking for a- help either. Another masculine energy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I don't need help. I don't need anything. Like I'm good. 
And I realized like it started to bleed into the way that I was a parent. I started to bleed into the way that I was a friend. It started to bleed into the way that I was a partner. Like my fiance, I have been so like in my masculine energy for so long. And so that's been one of the biggest like the biggest eye openers is like when you start to heal some of those traumas, you get to let the feminine back in. And this is like, whether you are male or female, you have masculine and feminine energy and letting like most ideas and great ideas and great business ideas and all of that, it comes from feminine energy. Like it comes from a nurturing, holistic space. And if you're not letting that side of you in and healing that side of you, gosh, like, I mean, it really does. It affects the entire, your entire being, your entire existence. It does. And I, I'm really glad that you brought that up that so often women in coming to, to sort of become equals, that even the fact that you even have to say that is crazy. That's where the world has been. They, they think the answer is to be like the masculine. And that is not the answer. Like that's actually just causing more and more problems. We need to start learning from the feminine and men need to be more comfortable with leaning the feminine start connecting and stop seeing the separation between the sexes so much and just seeing that we are all equal like we are all human beings we're all one we're all connected and it's now about how do we evolve into the next level and traditionally females were the ones who actually managed the money because they were they were caretakers they cared they looked at the family dynamics it's only a more recent thing where males have just taken so much control in the monetary side and and they're not better like the actual facts are that females are better investors than men so uh, that's that's something which i just wish that more women would just claim it and just go this isn't scary i just don't know it but if i just spend a little bit of time learning some things then this can actually become very easy, just like anything else. Yeah. Do you have resources? Like, do you have any favorite places for women to go? I mean, anybody, but like women to go to listen to, or like to learn about like how to invest, how to grow your, like, do you have like favorite resources? Yeah. So, so I'll send my, my, my link to you, which will, which will go th through it all. And then there's the keys is, is just to find people who you just resonate with and, it can't just be all about tactical investments. Like that's a fundamentally where it goes wrong. It's very masculine. It's like greed. I wanted to take more, make more money. It's about speak to search out for people who are talking about how this actually money just becomes a tool for your life. How does it facilitate your life? What is it that you really want? And then, then you can, the tactical side becomes a lot easier afterwards. Yeah, it really does. And this is all like, I, like I said, I'm still like, I'm right in the the thick of learning all of this and unlearning and relearning things. And everything you're saying is exactly what I've been experiencing the last couple of years. Now, I want to talk a little bit because, you know, there's this, um, I, I, I have a lot of people that will come to me and they'll say, you know, because on my Instagram, I talk a lot about like, you know, if you're, if you do a business, if you have a business, like, make it a business, like become an LLC, become an S corp, like own that, put your claim into that. And it kind of goes along with what you're saying around this intentionality is that so many people, they have something, they have a business, but they're not, they're not maximizing that in the most intentional way. What do you, I mean, how do you feel about like, if somebody is wanting to be an entrepreneur, wanting to start a business, like what are your feelings around like the, the, the steps, the like, the approach to take to really own that and to, you know, mm -hmm. obviously like letting everything in that we've been talking about, but to really own who they are and put a claim onto it. 
Yeah. So first I love people just to really connect with like what it is that they want to be doing regularly. Like who is it, who is it they want to be serving? How do they want to serve them? And, and what do they really want to be known for? Like if they could just summarize themselves down to one word, which I did intentionality. Now everything is connected to intentionality. Now what's fun about that is I have strength. I can go down the money phase. I can go down the love phase. I can go down the well-being phase, but it's all under intentionality. So it makes it very easy to cut through. It's that idea of staying in my lane. Yep, there's another lane over there which looks nice, but I don't need to go there. This is this is my lane. So the the earlier you can do that, the easier it becomes. It just everything starts building momentum. Similar like what your experience, you stayed in your lane of podcasting, and at the start it was all your own connections, and now just people are coming to you and saying, "I want to be on your podcast." That's the benefit of staying in your lane. People can understand. And that that hype that I love that hype girl. It's it's awesome. And like people know I want to be on with the hype girl. It's it's so cool. So first doing that, then thinking about and this is the same with any investment. The investment is one part, it's the structure that holds the investment is another part. So you could have a great investment, however, if it's in the wrong structure, and I call a structure an entity or your own self, like you are an entity yourself. Mm. If you, for example, are on a high tax rate and you're paying 45% tax, then 45% of your investment return is just going to be gone each year, basically just gone to the tax plan. However, if you have an entity and in that entity, the maximum tax rate was 20%, you now get to keep double the amount of the investment than you did before. And that makes a big difference with compound interest over time. So this is why it's very important to get advice early on and look at, well, what's the entity which is going to give me the greatest flexibility and lowest tax rate. And this isn't tax avoidance. It's just tax strategies. It's just actually making the use of it. And this is what wealthy people do. Like there was a favorite famous thing a couple of years ago where Warren Buffett said, look, I pay less tax than my assistant does because he has all the entities paying the right tax things. And that's just an indication. Now, he's not cheating the system. He's just playing the system. And this is what a lot of wealthy people do. And a lot of other people just go, oh, I'll just do whatever. And they don't realize they're just working the system again. Yeah. People, oh my gosh, people will always say like, oh, those people are horrible people because they're not paying a lot of taxes. Like I remember when everybody was like going after like Bezos and Elon Musk and like Trump and like his tax, like all these people like going, like these wealthy people going after them because like they're not doing their fair share. And it's like, do you not realize that the the like the tax system we have was literally built to protect people who are wealthy? So mm-hmm. instead of having that scarcity mindset, that lack mindset of like, oh, those people are bad and like, oh, they're taking everything from everyone, men like whining about it. Why don't you instead learn what the heck they did and do it too? Because they're like you said, it's not illegal. They're not, they're not cheating anything. They're, they're literally doing exactly what the system was designed for them to do. And they're doing it very well, <laughs> like mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. Yeah, you're spot on. And then the next step is similar to what you've done is you've put a, you've staked your claim and you're like, you've quit your job and you didn't do it straight away. I bet you did it very with intentionality and you went, all right, now's my time. And now you don't have that, that protective mechanism, like what you did with your dad is with your finance as well. It's like, no, I'm now ready. And you weren't, you weren't being rash. You were like, I've prepared myself, but there's something about that. When you do that, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going for it. And then you get supported in a number of different ways. 
Oh, it's so true. I held on to that that career for so long because of the same trauma that I had my whole life around like, well, I need a safety net. Like I need that like, oh, well, that's there. That I've built that. And like, not to say that I didn't build that. I spent nine years building that. Like I just, I earned exactly what I had there. And I was holding on to it long after my intuition was telling me to leave because I was stuck in that same story. And then yeah, leaving that the risk is you're leaving half of your salary, like, you know, half the money you make. Cause obviously like I make money in my businesses also, but half my salary you're walking away from. And so that's a very scary feeling. And it was the first time in my entire life that I actually showed proof that I was healing the money story that I had grown up with mm-hmm. by saying, no, you know what? Like, I don't have a safety net. Like now I'm going to just focus on what lights me up and I'm going to do in this life exactly what I want to be doing. And because I'm aligning with that higher self, the the wealth will come. And when it comes, I'm doing the work I need to do, connecting with the right people, learning where to put it. So it's not just sitting in a savings account, you know, so that I can then work the system the way that it's designed to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole idea that security breeds insecurity. So the idea that if you want security, it actually is reaffirming that you don't feel secure in this universe. You don't trust God, the universe, source, whatever it is. And all you have to do is look into nature and how this operates. Like you don't see the sparrows hoarding all this food and water. They just trust that they're always going to have that each day. You don't see the tree with apples when all the apples are gone. You don't suddenly go, oh, we're going to run out. You just know that there's going to be another fresh round of apples coming through in the next next uh, growth cycle. So it's it's very interesting in how we do this because we're trained that we should be putting all this money away. And I'm like, there's elements of like, yeah, have some, but how much do you really need? And you, you don't believe that you're not going to be provided for. That's that's pretty scary that if you're actually in that place. And when people go, oh, it's so scary to leave their corporate job. I'm like, you can always go get it back. Like it's always there. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The talk of like burn the boats, like just burn the boats, burn, you know, leave it. Like if you're going to leave it, leave it. Okay. Yeah. Burn the boats. Like I burned the boat and I spent 10 years building that boat. So I'm pretty sure I know how to build the boat again if I really wanted to. Yeah. And do it better. And, and do it better. Yeah. yeah. Do it better from a healed place. Like, I mean, and it's, and then it's crazy. Cause once you walk away from like a corporate life and like, if you know, you're not meant to, cause there are people in this world that are meant to work in corporate, like their, their passion comes from helping other people build something. And I love that. If you are like me and you realize that like that will never be you, like I was never going to be the corporate person, like that was just never where I was going. The moment you realize that and you walk away from corporate, like I can never go back. Like I can never, ever, ever go back. Like if anyone ever again tries to tell me when I can take vacation and when I can't, I'm going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and it's good to know that because now you're always going to find a way. Like you might have a setback, but you'll always find a way because you have enough of a knowing of what you want and also what you don't want. So that's going to drive certain behaviors, which will always lead to the outcomes you want. 
And it's so interesting that you just said that the the scarcity breed or I mean, it's security breeds insecurity. And it's it is true. Holding on to a job that, you know, is not right for you or no longer brings you the same joy or peace or whatever it brought you in the beginning. Holding on to it for the sake of security is just reaffirming that you don't trust the universe. You don't trust God. You don't trust whoever it is that you believe is the higher source. Like you don't trust that. And Mm -hmm. If you don't actually, it, you can say, I trust the universe all you want. But if, you're, if your actions are showing otherwise, universe is, the universe knows. <laughs> like It knows that you don't trust it. You, you'd be amazed by how many people say, oh, I'm abundant. I believe in this and everything. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because you just contradicted yourself with the last five things you said. Uh, but they want to believe that. And, they, and there's a part of them which does. But there's this program operating within which is just going to keep repeating the same output, 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 until you get in and change the code, which is driving that program. What is your definition of intentionality? So it's defining how you want to feel and then taking deliberate action towards it. So it's that combination of vision plus action. And you'll notice it's all about feelings because that's all we are. That's what really matters in life. When we feel happy or do we feel sad, what do you want to feel more of? And let's get really connected to that. Do you think that that's a linear process? No, I don't. I think it's a it's a circular process. Like you're just constantly like uh, like a vortex up, and sometimes you get swelled back down again. But that's actually what you needed to do to go down and discover it, and then come back up again. So Ebb and flow. It, yeah, it's a constant iteration, and and this idea that you're done, you're never done, and you keep exploring it. And sometimes, like. I get surprised, like a money saboteur will come out. I'm like, whoa, where did you just come from? Like, I didn't know you were there, but some form of imprint had happened to me and it rubbed off and I I put it into my body. And then I was like, all right, I've got to work with that one now. And that's, and that's the, the key thing is, is that just because you've been living a like unconscious life doesn't mean you need to shame yourself. You just didn't know any better. But as soon as you have any awareness and then you don't take the necessary action, that's when you're crazy. That's when you're delusional. And that's where we need to be able to realize, okay, I have this awareness now. I now need to make the change. And that's where you've got to honor yourself because otherwise you're going against yourselves and, and that will only lead to an unfulfilled life. It's not your fault what happened to you. What you've been through is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal from it. Yeah, it really is. And that person who hurt you, they stopped hurting you at the moment when they did it, and then you've been hurting them, hurting yourself since. So you have that awareness now. So, all right, do you want to play victim or do you want to take control of your life and really start moving forward? It's so true. The amount of people that hold this, that let people hold energy in their, in their field rent free is it's insane. Cause it's like you said, that is no longer affecting that person. That, that is no longer affecting that situation. That is no longer affecting that job. Like that job, that person, that situation, whatever it is, has moved on. It is now just hurting you constantly because you refuse to heal from it, cut the cord and move on and allow space for more abundance. You're exactly right. Cutting the cord is is a very deep spiritual practice and something we should be doing regularly, like doing a, just going inward and you can just do this by breathing and just closing your eyes and just start exploring and just start seeing like what emotional cords do you still have attached to ex-partners, ex-businesses, parents, friends, whatever it is, and just look through and then start visualizing yourself, cutting them and then bringing that cord back into your body to, to metabolize. Very liberating. 
And just because we can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. So can I tell you a little story as yes, we wrap please. up? So this part of this manifestation course I'm doing, the first part of it was a manifestation meditation or a, I mean, a cord cutting meditation, excuse me. And it was like, you, you know, you close your eyes, the meditation guided you through, basically you're sitting in this theater and the curtain, like you ask your higher self to write, to raise the curtain on stage and on stage, you like basically ask your higher self to put on stage everything that you are still holding on to energetically or everything that is still holding space in your energetic field rent free. And in my mind, I, I have the things in my mind that I'm like, yeah, those are going to be the things that come up because I know that those are the things I need to cut. Like I know that I'm holding on to some things here and there. The craziest thing. So my dad is like, was my best friend, like my soulmate, my best friend. He passed away almost a year ago. It'll be a year on on the 16th of January. And I, of course, have been like the year one without your best friend is basically like survival. You know, it's that getting through it alone is enough to be proud of. So never in a million years did I think that the, the first thing my higher self put on that stage would be my dad. So yep. I did this meditation and I lost it. My dad showed up on stage and I got so scared because I was like, no, I can't cut the cord because if I cut the cord, then it's real and then he's really gone and then I don't have a relationship with him and blah, 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 blah. But then like anger came up and things from my past and like some of this like childhood money stuff, like all of it came up. And I'm telling you, Finn, when I got to, the, when they got to the point where they're like, now imagine the cord, imagine cutting the cord, imagine the cord dropping, the cord like dissolving into this beautiful light and like going back into your body and metabolite. Like I woke up the next, I mean, during it, I felt horrible. Like it was heavy. It was like sticky. It felt like I wanted to throw up. Then the next morning I woke up and I felt lighter. And it was the craziest thing because oftentimes we need to cut things that we don't even realize. We have pushed them so far down into our subconscious that we don't even realize it is affecting everything we do. So like this was earlier this week and I woke up the next day and I was like, I feel, I do feel lighter. And now I can make space to have a new relationship with my dad because I'm a very spiritual person. Like I, I can connect to my dad whenever I want. And I know that. And now I'm excited to see kind of like what that can grow into now that I've cut those old feelings. And it's, it's crazy. Cord cutting meditation is so powerful. That was really beautiful. And I just want to congratulate you on your courage because I know this and I'm actually going through it right now with my partner's mum dying. And so often we think that we're like letting them down or we're going to cut the relationship by honoring these wounds in ourselves. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just actually, that's just part of that relationship which needs to be healed. And then a new one comes through it. So I just think it's so beautiful that you did that. And a lot of people aren't willing to make the change because it's familiar. They're just like, but I know this, this is what I, this, this feels too scary to let go, but I'm like, yeah, it's familiar and it's been hurting you for a really long time. So let's just, let's just move forward. So congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for letting me share that. It was just, it, it's, I mean, it's so funny, like how the universe will just like bring things up and like attract, like, of course, this is the interview that I did today, right after that happened. Like, of mm -hmm. course, this is the conversation we're going to have. Cause you know, that that's how it works. And when you're open to it and you, you know, you start, you start looking for abundance instead of, you know, 
acting through your life with lack, like with this lack and scarcity and fear, and you start really living your life with abundance and openness and like also willingness to like willing to fall, willing to fail. That's the other thing. Like, I think I'm going to let you close and like say any other tips or any last thoughts. But my last thought on this conversation is be okay to fail knowing full well that that does not mean you are a failure it means that you are healing and growing. And with that, like you said, it's circular. It's going to come like ebb and flow. It's going to go down and then it comes up because the deeper it goes, the farther up it can go. Yeah, it really is. And I think what I'd love to leave on is this idea that you can't trust your head in this place. Like the head is the intellect and the intellect is limited by the programs, the code that's been put in there. And we need to go to a deeper level of knowledge, which the Buddha talks about is the Pana wisdom, which is from true experience and getting into a heartfelt place and asking questions there of what really you want. Because your example of, I thought it was going to be these things. And then when that was your head telling you that, and then when you got into the inside, it was something so much bigger. That's where we need to be getting to. And that can only come from going within. Yeah. And so much of, and so much of entrepreneurship is, is a mental, it's a mental game more than anything. Mm -hmm. Like corporate, corporate safety keeps you from having to address a lot of these things, you know? So Finn, I adore you. I feel like this is probably not the last time we're going to work together mm -hmm. or talk. Um, so I, I just want to, to tell everybody, like if they want to work with you, how they can find you best ways to get in touch with you, like tell us all the things. Thank you. That means a great deal. And I've really enjoyed chatting to you as well. So the best place is to go to my personal website, finneyandkelly.com. Social is the Finney and Kelly. And in that, you, I just highly recommend there's a free intentional living guide, which I recommend starting with. It just like builds you on how to start living these, these practices into your life. And then you'll go on a whole journey and, and have a look. And the big one is if you want to go do that financially happy sab saboteur quiz, if you just go to financiallyhappy.com, it's a free quiz there, which will tell you a little bit about your money story. And we'll put all of this in our show notes. So if you want to go and click and figure out where and how and all the things you do coaching and stuff, right? So if, yeah, I if do. you do offer coaching, so if people want to work with you, they can work with you one-on-one -on -one in groups and stuff. Yeah, I do. Amazing. And I love it. Uh, well, I time is such a gift, and I just really appreciate you giving me yours today, and I hope you have the most amazing rest of your day. Thank you. Same with you. He is so amazing. Everything he says, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, you know those interviews where you're just like, this is more of a treat for me than it ever will be for him because I feel like I'm learning. I mean, I feel like that's so much on this podcast. I'll do this pod, I'll do episodes of, of this podcast and I, after they finish, I'm like, how did I just get like an hour of just being poured into by these brilliant minds? So if I feel that way, I can't imagine how you feel. I'm sure it's, I'm sure you feel great. He's just so awesome. I hope that you go back and listen to this episode. Share it with someone who needs it. Share it with someone in your life who you think could benefit from hearing his words and uh, the way that he kind of approaches different situations. And uh, I hope that wherever you are, you are having a good day. And we'll see you on Friday for another episode of Unplugged with me. Talk soon. Talk soon.